Thank you so much for joining us at Remnant Church Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more or support this ministry, please go to remnantchurch.church. And now, the message from Pastor Caleb. Give God some praise today. You may be seated in the house. I'm so glad that you came to church today. I don't know what you came expecting today, what you thought you might hear, or what you thought you might see. This is new to me. I plan on not having to do this very long. But uh, I'm praying that God speak to you today. My soul is burdened. I want you to look good at me. This will be the last church service you ever in, so make it count. This could be the last message I ever preach, so I'm going to make it count. Sitting down or standing up, it don't matter. Your soul hangs in the balance. You know the Bible says there, are going to, there is going to be a, a reckoning day coming. That Hear me. That there will be people who do things in the name of Jesus. They preach in the name of Jesus. They perform miracles in the name of Jesus. But the Bible says that God will say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, sinner. I never knew you. See, going to church isn't enough. Never was intended, going to church was never intended to equate into salvation. Nor, nor giving in the offering, or being a good person, or doing good works. None of that equates. You can't do enough of that. There's not a formula involved where you do enough of those things, and you're saved. One is only saved by placing their faith in Jesus Christ. The Bible says, see, the world don't have no problem with God. Have you noticed that? The world don't have a problem with God. They got a problem with Jesus and how you get to God. And the because see, you got a God, I got a God. The, the, the Muslims, they have a God. God is not offensive. But when you say that there is only one way to God, and it's through Jesus Christ. That becomes offensive. Are y'all with me this morning? Are y'all going to be able to stay with me this morning just even though I'm sitting down? These people who are told to depart, where do you think they go? Where do you think they go? They go to hell. Look at me. They go to hell. Hell is not some uh, made-up fictional place. See, you can't believe in heaven without believing in hell. Hell is real. And unfortunately, there are some people under the sound of my voice, you're going to go there. You are. You are going to go to hell. 
You're going to go to hell because you're going to listen to this message and other messages like this, and you're going to say, I don't know about that. Some of you are tricked into believing that religion's going to save you. So somebody asks you if you're saved, you tell them, yeah, I go to this church, I go to that church. That ain't what's, that's not salvation. Oh, I'm a Catholic, or I'm a Protestant, or I'm a this, or I'm a that, and so I'm going to go to heaven. No, the only people that go to heaven. Say, where you get this from now? How about from God's Word? I think God has the final say on this, right? It really doesn't matter my opinion or your opinion. God has the final say in this. And He says this, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Those who call, and you don't call unless you believe. That's why in John chapter 3, verse 16, he said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, and whosoever believes on Him will not perish. Ephesians chapter 2, verse uh, 8 and 9 says, It is by grace that you are saved. You're saved by grace through faith, not of your works. That means you can't earn it. Are y'all listening now? You can't earn it. You can't work for it. You can't be good enough to receive it. You can't go to church enough to have it. The only reason you're saved is, the first of all, because God is good. That's grace. And then it says, by faith. That means you've got to believe. But listen, listen, listen. It ain't just a belief up here. It's a belief that... In, that means trust. See, the Bible says the demons believe. They're not saved. They believe and they tremble. But your belief has to be a trust. Lord, I trust that you died for me and you rose again for me, that you went through hell so I wouldn't have to go. I deserve it. As far as earning it, I earned hell. I was born a sinner, and I have sinned in my life. Anybody sinned in here? Ever committed any sin? Well, you know what you deserve? You deserve hell. But you are not served. You don't get what you deserve. Thank God. When you place your faith in Jesus, the Bible says you receive life, life everlasting. And as beautiful as this thing is, you know why I like it? Because you don't have to have some special talent or ability. Well, if you do this and you do this and you can do this, or some kind of willpower. If you do this enough or this long enough, then you'd be saved. No, 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 no. Here's the beauty of the gospel. God says, I know you can't do it. I know you can't earn it. I gave you ten commandments. You know those Ten Commandments? You know? There ain't ten of them. Guess what? You can't even keep them. Nor can I. Jesus said, I'll give you two commandments. Love me with all your heart, soul, and mind, and treat your neighbor as yourself. That's two. How many has been treating their neighbor like yourself this week? Probably not. Because you love yourself. Because you love yourself. Do you not? 
I want to, I strive to, but here's the truth, y'all. I fail. You look at you want to look at a failure? I'm gonna take the heat off for you. You ready? You don't want me talking about you. You'd rather you much rather me talking about me. Talking about me is funny. Talking about me and holler, oh, that's funny. <laughs> you like me talking about me, so I won't talk about you. You want to see a failure? I'm the biggest failure there is. I'm the biggest failure there is. I failed God many times. And every time I fall, I can't get away from it. Because every time I fall, church, I fall into His grace. I fall into His grace. Well, I want a pastor that don't mess up. Go ahead, leave now. And then when you can't find one, or you'll find one that lies and tells you he don't, then you're welcome to come back. Heaven is not full of good people. Heaven is full of people who have placed their faith in Christ. Who say, I cannot do this on my own. You know what God demands? I want to get up so bad I can't hardly stand it. You know what God demands? Perfection. Think about that now. God demands perfection. You've got to get everything just right if you're going to do it yourself. But if you come to the place where you say, I cannot do it myself. I will never be what God wants me to be in my own ability, in my own strength. It, God has set this thing up and He said, if you'll place your faith in my Son Jesus and what He has done, His perfection becomes your perfection. And when God sees you, He doesn't see your failure. He doesn't see your sin. You know what he sees? His son Jesus. See, this is for everybody. This is a whosoever gospel. You can go to your Catholic church all you want to. You can go to your Protestant church all you want to. You can get baptized every day. And it will not mean nothing. If you have not placed your faith. The Bible says no man is made righteous by their doing. But we are made righteous when we place our faith in Jesus Christ. And if we don't accept that, the Bible says, then Christ died in vain. Heaven's not full of good people. Heaven's full of people who place their faith in Christ. And hell's not full of bad people. Hell's full of people who didn't place their faith. Who didn't place their faith in Jesus Christ. For the next few moments, I want to talk about hell, since some of you are going to go there. And some of you say, that's so insensitive. That's so... What? Straightforward. Well, it's a fact. Some of you are going to go to hell because you refuse to receive Christ. So since you're going to go to hell, I want to tell you what your first week's going to be like. 
So where are you going to get this out of, Pastor? I'm going to get this right from the Word of Jesus. Jesus speaking right here. In Luke, turn with me, Luke chapter 16. A rich man and a poor man. Now, rich, it ain't cause, the man didn't go to hell because he's rich, by the way. Rich people can go to heaven just like poor folks can go to heaven. The Bible does say it is harder for a rich man to go to heaven. Or they get, may get his eyes on stuff. But there's plenty of rich people in heaven today. This man went to hell because he didn't place his faith in Christ. Okay? The Bible says there was a rich man who dressed in purple. And fine linen. In other words, this man looked good. Are y'all listening? He looked like he had it all together. And you know what? There's so many people in this world today who are covering themselves up, trying to hide. Hide what's going on in their lives. Hide what's going on in their spirit. They want to put a picture that everything, paint a picture that everything's good in their life. You know, I'm not standing here because everything's good in my life. I'm standing here because through all the hell I've been, Christ has been with me. And He's been faithful to me. I'm not standing here because I'm perfect or because I'm, 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 I'm righteous in myself. I'm standing, I'm standing here or sitting here today because of His righteousness. And you know what? I want this to be a church where you can be real. Not where you got to hide all your problems. How you doing? I, oh, I'm doing good. I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, pray 20 times a day. How are you? Oh, same here. Knowing everything in your life's falling apart, can I get an amen? amen? And you know what? Hurting people, broken people, lost people don't want that crap. They don't want that facade. They don't want the church where you can't be real, where you can't tell. If if I can't come to church and tell you I'm messed up, where can I go? Where can I go? If I can't be real here, where am I supposed to be real at? Huh? People every day are killing themselves. Literally. Looking for a way out. They're drinking themselves to death. They're overdosing. Some of them are taking a gun to their head and blowing their brains out. Why? Because they don't, have a, they don't think they have a place where they can be real. Where they can open up they feel like we have created, and the church is the worst of all. We've created a place where we ain't got no problems. Because we go to church, we got it all together. We're a rich man, increased with goods, in need of nothing, clothed in purple. But on the inside, we're ate up. We're tore up. We're full of infection. We're broken. We're hemorrhaging. We're hemorrhaging. We're sick. The whole body is full of sores. And there is no ointment that can help. Do you understand what I'm saying? There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen, feasting lavishly every day. He had it just like he wanted. But a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, was lying at his gate. In other words, this man been through some stuff. 
He longed to be filled with what fell from the rich man's table. But instead, the dogs would come and lick his sores. One day, the poor man died. His name was Lazarus, the Bible tells us, right? Lazarus dies and he's carried away by the angels to Abraham's side or Abraham's bosom. This is an idiom for heaven, paradise. So the poor man died and was carried away to heaven. Lazarus was carried away to heaven, but the rich man died and was buried. Look, next verse. And being in torment in Hades, that's another idiom for hell, he looked up and he saw Abraham, who represents Christ, a long way off, and Lazarus, the poor man, at his side. Some of you are going to go to hell, and you're so smart, too. I'm going to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit now. Some of you are so smart and telling that you're too stupid to come to the end of yourself. You think you know everything, and this is too simple for you to, to know. There's got to be more. There's got to be more than faith. Let me tell you something. God takes the foolishness of this gospel and it confounds the wise. And being in torment, some of you are going to go to hell and you're going to be in torment. Let me tell you about the first week in hell. The first thing you're going to notice in your first week in hell, here's point number one, the first thing you're going to notice, nobody's going to know who you are. It's a place where no one will know you. Why do I, why, why you say that? Because the poor man who went to heaven had a name. The rich man who went to hell didn't have a name. When you go to hell, you're just going to be another face. You know what? They can call you Dr. So-and-so or Pastor so even Pastor so-and-so. And whatever they want to call you, President so-and-so, you may be well-known by the city officials. You may, your name may be well known around this town. But if you go to hell, nobody's going to know you. They ain't going to know if you're a Lancaster or a Wright or a Milk or Bridges. You're going to be faceless and nameless. Nobody's going to care about you. Nobody's going to recognize you. How many times right now do you get a phone call and you think, I ain't answering the phone, I don't want to call? How many of y'all do that? Huh? Come on. Y'all do it to me. Some of y'all have messaged for two and a half years. Good to see you today. I don't take, I don't take offense to it. Some of y'all see somebody calling, somebody texting. I don't want to talk today. Let me tell you, in hell, you'll wish somebody called you. 
You wish somebody sat your night. How are you all right over there? Ain't nobody going to care how you're doing. Nobody will recognize you. You will just be another person, another number. You say, I don't know about a number. The Bible says hell enlarges itself daily. You are nothing but a number in hell. In your first week in hell, you will be all alone. You will be by yourself. Nobody will know you. Number two, your first week in hell, you'll find out that you'll be able to look into heaven, but heaven and those there will not hear you or see you. My Lord, that must be torment. The Bible says, are you with me? You want to see what the Bible says? The Bible says in verse 23, and being in torment in Hades, he looked up, saw Abraham a long way off with Lazarus at his side. That will be mental anguish. You will be able to see your loved ones in heaven while you are burning in hell. Think about it. Think about it. Say, Pastor, you mad? It's the first Sunday I've ever been here. You mad? Because you sure are screaming. I ain't mad. But I am passionate. And I don't want you to go to hell. See, there's something me and Jesus can come in agreement with and link up with. He said, it's my will that no man should perish. So if I'm preaching the gospel, if I'm sharing the gospel, if I'm warning people, then I know I'm in the will of God. Listen, your first week in hell, you'll begin to see people. Oh, there's, there's, there's grandmama. There's my child that died as a, as a kid. But you won't be able to get to them. They'll, and guess what? They won't be able to see you. Guess what? They won't miss you. Think about that. They won't miss you. They won't know you're gone. They won't have anything to do with you. They won't even care. This is hell. And you think hell was just a fire. The mental anguish may be worse than the physical torment. You'll be able to look into heaven, but heaven and those there will not see you. Husband, some of you aren't saving, your wife is. You'll be able to see her rejoicing and celebrating and loving the Lord while you're burning in hell. Some of you, your children are saved. And you act like you're saved, but you're not. You're religious. And your children are going to go to heaven because they heard the gospel in church. And they placed their faith in Christ. But all you were was raised in church. You've never placed your faith in Christ. And you'll get to see your children, but you'll see your children in heaven while you're in hell. And being in torment in Hades, he looked up and saw Abraham a long way off with Lazarus at his side. The Bible says in verse 23 that he was in torment. Father Abraham, he calls out in verse 24, have mercy on me, send Lazarus. Who's Lazarus? The poor saved man. He ain't poor no more, by the way. 
listen, to dip the tip of his finger in water. And maybe the water will drop off his finger and just a drop will fall onto my tongue because I am in agony in this flame. Think about that just for a moment. Number three, your first week in hell will be a place of absolute, literal torment and agony. Not only will you have mental anguish by seeing your loved ones, but not being able to do nothing, not be, but see the choice that they made and now they're in heaven, but you are forever separated by them. But listen, it will not be just mental anguish. It will be physical anguish. Physical torment. You will literally be burning in hell. But there will be no relief. You will be dying, but you will never die. Think about that. The Bible says that it's a place where, listen, listen, where the worm never dies. What does that mean? Where the worm never dies. Maggots will feast on your body. But they'll never get through feasting. They'll never die because you'll always be dying. That's hell, friend. See, we make a joke out of it. We say a lot about hell. We have a lot of questions about hell, like what the hell, who the hell, how the hell, why the hell. We use hell very flippantly. But hell is a place where millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of people right now are in torment. Every second, somebody's dying going into eternity. Right now, someone just stepped into eternity. Right now, someone, someone just coded in the hospital. Right now, someone got in an accident in a wreck. Right now. Right now, see, eternity seems so far away from us. We are so fooled. We are so deceived. We think eternity is so far away. I've got to be old and then I'll think about eternity. Really? Did you know everything in this body right here has to work just right? You're one heart palpitation away from throwing a clot. You're one second away from your brain not functioning as it should, blood not flowing as it should, just one second away. You're one breath away from eternity. Where are you going to spend it? Because if you die without Christ, there's no doubt about it. It's not, if I, feel, if I had it the way I could have it and want it the way I want it, nobody goes to hell. That's not the way this thing works. Jesus said, you've got to make a choice. You've got to make a choice. And you say, well, I ain't making no choice today. Well, that's a choice. No choice will be a choice for hell. Are you listening to me? Some of you will say, well, he's crazy. He's one of those hell, firestone, what, what you, brimstone, hell preachers, whatever. 
No, I'm a grace preacher, bro. I'm a, I'm a grace preacher because I'm fixing to tell you you ain't got to go there. Your first week in hell, you'll be in absolute, literal torment and agony. I reckon it too. Have you ever took your hand and touched something hot like a stove accidentally and then shock waves go throughout your whole body, don't they? I mean, all throughout your body, from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. It's like every, everything in you is just, mm, that initial pain, you couldn't take it. That's why you snatch your hand away. Your body is signifying and signaling, get away, back up, Terry. Everything is screaming at you. Back up. Move. In hell, there will be no backing up. There will be no moving. And you will feel that initial shock, but it will not be a one-time thing. It'll be constant. You'll never be able to separate yourself from it. You'll never be able to... You'll beg to die. You will beg to die, but your screams will go unheard. Your wishes will go unheard. Your prayers will go unheard. It'll be a place of absolute little torment and agony. Verse 25, Son Abraham said, Remember that during your life you received your good things, just as Lazarus received bad things, but now he's comforted here while you are in agony. Besides all of this, a great chasm has been fixed between us and you, so that those who want to pass over from here to you cannot, neither can those from there cross over to us. Here's my next point. Here's my next point. Put it up. Hell will be a place that you will never be able to leave. God, I, I, I pray that sinners today will be able to feel the little flames of hell. Just for a moment. You will not be able to leave. First week, you'll find out this thing's forever. You'll try to escape. But you won't be able to escape. You know what? You've got family in hell right now. You've got friends in hell right now. That first week, it won't take them very long, but they'll figure out it's a place where they will not be able to leave. They are there forever. He said there's a great chasm between you and them. You can't get to them and they cannot get to you. The Bible says sin is pleasurable for a season. But there's coming a day when the last thing you'll want to do is sin. But it'll be too late. Let me ask you something right now. You like this preacher? You don't. I don't even like it. But if you don't like it, you better not go to hell. Because in hell, you're going to hear this preacher. Not just my preaching. You're going to hear preachers that will preach the truth like me, and they're going to hear all that. I'm about to get out of this chair. They're going to hear. Listen, 
You're going to hear messages where where a preacher says, you don't have to choose this, you can choose Jesus today. And you will cry out to Jesus, but Jesus will not hear your cries. Jesus will not hear your cries. You know what makes hell hell? I mean, at the core of it, the absence of God. You've never been in a place where God's not there. You don't even know how that feels. You don't know what a world looks like where God is not in control. Look at me. You don't know what a world's like without God. Hell is hell because God's not there. His presence is not there. And if He's not there, you know what's not there? Hope's not there. Anybody ever had a bad day? You know what you think? You think, well, there's tomorrow. Things are bad today, but tomorrow. You always have a sense of hope. But in hell, there is no hope. Things only, listen to me, listen to me, things only get worse. As perfect as heaven is, hell is that hellacious, that terrible, that dark, that wicked, that painful, that agonizing. It'll be a place you'll never be able to leave. You'll want to leave, but you won't be able to leave. Besides all of this, a great chasm has been fixed between us and you so that those who want to pass over from here to you cannot. Listen to me. Listen. Neither can those from there cross over to us. Father, he said, then I beg you to... Listen now, listen, listen. I beg you to send him to my father's house. Who? The saved man. Because I got five brothers. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. In hell, look at me. Listen to me. It's a baby. They're okay. That baby's okay. Listen to me. Oh, in hell, you won't hear the cries of the baby anymore, by the way. He said, I've got five brothers. Send somebody over there to tell them that this place is real. Let me tell you something. There are no agnostics in hell. There are no atheists in hell. In hell, it's only believers. And I want you to look at the mental anguish. He said, go, I can't do nothing for me. In the first week, you'll find out There's nothing you can do for yourself. But you will want to be able to tell people that this is real. Daddy, Mama, you'll want to be able to tell your children. Once you're in hell, you'll want to be able to tell your children, it's real. I know I didn't take it serious, but it's real. I know I didn't show you, but it's real. But in hell... You'll find it to be a place where you'll want to warn people about it. But you'll never be given that chance. Mom, 
mama, daddy, husband, father, watch, wife, uncle, brother, sister. Can you think? Oh, you, have, you aren't living for God right now. But can you imagine the responsibility and the weight that you're going to bear? Because you did not serve God. The weight you're going to bear while you're in hell. Scared to death that the next person you see will be your son. The next person you see will be your husband. The next person you see will be your wife. Oh, you want to tell somebody. You want to call them. You want to text them. You want to be able to send a message to them. But there's a great chasm that separates you and them. Oh, you'll want to tell people about Jesus, but it'll be too late. You want to tell people about it's real. It's real. It's real. I know I didn't believe it, but I believe it now. It's real. Yeah, but it'll be too late. See, every bit of grace is on this side. Now let me tell you what I said about hell, y'all. is real. Jesus said it. I didn't make it up. I didn't add to it. We took away from what Lazarus, the story, the parable of Lazarus and the rich man. But I want you to look at me right now. I'm telling you right now, you don't have to go to hell. You say, well, there's purgatory. I'll get to the side. See, the only problem I got with purgatory is that it's not in the Bible. If it was up to me, Jamie, that sounds like a good idea. But it's not biblical. It's heaven or hell. I don't care what they told you. I don't care what people said to you. I don't care how you were raised. There's only one infallible word. It's this one right here that I preached out of. No added books. There's no nothing like that. It's a canon of Scripture here. There is no such thing as purgatory. There is no in-between place. It's heaven or hell. Now let me tell you something. You don't have to go to hell. You can go to heaven. In fact, Matthew tells us in chapter 24 that hell wasn't even created for me and for you. Hell was created for Satan and the rest of his the fallen angels. But if you choose what they chose, God never intended it to be for you, but He's not going to make you do something that you do not want to do. He's not going to make you believe Him. He's not going to make you choose Him. But He will open your eyes. 
And He does use the miracle of preaching. It's foolishness to those who perish. But to those who are being saved, it's the power of God. And Paul said, I'm not ashamed to preach it. I'm not ashamed to tell it. I'm not ashamed of this gospel. For it is the power of God unto salvation to all those who believe. All you've got to do is believe. The Bible says it's the goodness of God, Jason, that leads a man to repentance. I cannot scare you into heaven. I can't scare you out of hell. I'm not trying to scare you. But I am trying to tell you the truth. And if it scares you, well, praise the Lord. And if it's possible that God can scare you to make you realize that this is where you're going, if you don't choose me, that God will be eternally righteous and still just, and saying, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. Why? Because you had an opportunity to choose him. But he wants you to choose him. Here's the good thing about choosing him, y'all. You don't have to wonder if he's, not, he's chosen you. I ain't never been picked first for nothing. Except to chug a lug and tug a wool. You know, all the big guys know what I'm talking about. They didn't ask you to get through the sack race. And God forbid you do the wheelbarrow race. And nobody will hold your legs up. So I knew on field day all I was going to get, Lewis, was the chug of love or the tug of war. Never been chosen for nothing first in my life. Except when God chose me. So, by the way, that was a pitiful clap. The Bible says that you don't choose Him, He, choose, he chose you. you. He chooses you, and then you choose Him. But He chose you first. The Bible says this, that you could not love Him before He loved you. He loved you first. The Bible says, while you were yet sinners, Christ demonstrated His love in this manner, that He gave His Son for you. See, I'll tell you why you don't have to go to hell. Let me take your mind back 2,000 years ago when Jesus died on the cross. Oh, we know about the nails in the hands and in his feet. And I might picture this as Jesus takes his own instrument of death up the Via Della Rosa, up to Golgotha's hill, and he's carrying the cross until the weight of the cross is too heavy. And then they call on Simon the Cyrenian to help him pick up the cross. And they drag the body of Jesus up Galgotha's hill. They throw him down on the cross. And a Roman soldier who could care less about who this man was because to him he was no more than just another criminal. He takes the spike and he takes the hammer and he strikes the hammer on the nail as it pierces through the my Savior, that's personal to me, my Savior's hands. He didn't do it through the hands, really. It was in the wrist because 
the weight of the body would rip through the hand. He put it in the perfect place, right through the wrist. He would take the nail after pinning his hands down. Can you imagine that? You don't want to imagine it, but some of you need to. Because this is what Christ done for us. And then they took and put spikes into his feet. Up above his feet. So that he could carry the weight of a grown man's body. They would suspend him, hoist him up, and the weight of his body would pull and rack on those nails. Hear me, listen. He would be suspended between heaven and earth. For hours he would sit there, hang there on that cross. You what did the people do? They laughed at him, they mocked him. They gambled for his clothes. Before he ever got to the cross, they plucked out his beard. They beat him. They whipped, they tied him to a whipping post, and with a cat of nine tails, they beat him until his flesh was ripped from his body so that you could see his internal organs. while he was hanging there on that cross, a real cross. This isn't make-believe. This isn't Disney. This is real. You say, why are you preaching like this? Because I preach like this every Sunday. Because I made a deal with God that I'd preach, if He'd allow me to, I'd preach like it was my, la like it was my last opportunity to preach. That I'd say what I would say as if it was my last opportunity. And I feel good about saying what I'm saying right now. If this is my last opportunity to preach. Just let me finish. He's hanging there suspended between heaven and earth. Blood is dripping down from his precious body. His precious sinless blood is dropping down off the cross onto the dirt of the ground. And men are mocking him and laughing at him and spitting on him and gambling for his clothes. And the sun turns dark. The S-U-N. And here's something amazing. Jesus opens his mouth. He says a few words on the cross. One was, I thirst. Oh my God. Wait just a minute. The, the rich man, what did he say? If I could just get a drop of water off of the finger and that water would touch my tongue, it would alleviate just that. How thirsty do you have to be for one drop? Jesus said, I thirst. Is it time for me to quit? He was thirsty. A drop of water, he said, if I could just get a water. Jesus said, I thirst. Here, here, this is something amazing. Jesus begins to 
speak to the Father. And he says, Father, why have you forsaken me? I told you what will make hell hell, didn't I? The absence of God. And on that cross, as Jesus had bore all of our sin, past, present, and future, everybody who had been born, who was being born, and who was going to be born, every sin that they would ever commit, it was the whole final deal, He bore upon His body. And at that moment, God left. God, the same God he prayed to in the garden, the same God that led him and delivered him out of temptation in the wilderness, the same God that was with him every step he took, now he, had, he felt like God had left him. He experienced loneliness and abandonment. And when he had taken all that he was supposed to take, all the shame and the pain and the, the abandonment of God. He would pull up on his nails. Can you imagine? I got three, four, and I got four holes in my knees thing where they go, went in and done this thing. They do the, you know, you don't even feel it. I couldn't imagine a rusty. Rough cut, steel spike going through my hands and my feet and me then having to push off to raise myself up so that I could get a gasp of air. That's just what Jesus done. He pushed up, he pushes, cutting, bleeding back up on that rough cut timber. And he got one more gasp of air. Melissa. JB. He said, It is finished. And the Bible says that over there in the temple that separated man from God, they had to have a priest. All the priests can retire, by the way. Don't need them. You don't need to go confess your sins to someone else. The Bible says in the temple that the temple veil was torn in two, ripped in half. There was no need for the priest anymore on the other side of the veil. Why? Because Jesus, our ultimate high priest, paid the price for us on the cross, giving us access to God. You'll have to come to me and tell me all the things you've done wrong. I can't help you. All you got to do is whisper. Whisper, Jesus. I love you. Heaven's peace will flood your soul. Whisper, Jesus. Do you 
you ain't got to know some formulated prayer. James, wherever he's at, all your son has to do is say, Wherever your family member is at right now, it sure as hell may be to them. All they've got to do is say, Jesus. Oh, I don't know about all this religious stuff, but Jesus, if it's true, I'm calling on you today. And the Bible says, if any man, if any man, human, human, shall call upon the name of the Lord. Oh, you may not get loud. You may be so drowned. You may be drowned by sin. And all you can get out is through your tears, through the pain, through the agony, through the hurt, through the betrayal, through the doubt. All you can whisper is, Jesus, that's enough. If you'll call on Jesus, He will rescue you from the sure hell that is waiting you. I need Oh, I need thee Every hour I need thee Oh, bless me now, my Savior I come to thee. You ain't got to know what I know. You just got to know who I am. You just got to know that this Jesus loves you. I mean that He loves you. I mean that He knows everything that you've ever done and He loves you. See, let me tell you why you ain't got to go to hell. I said all that to say this. I talked about the cross to tell you why you don't have to go to hell. You don't have to go to hell because Jesus has already been through hell. Jesus has already been on the cross. Jesus has already been through hell. The Bible says when he went there, oh, he went there too, by the way. He took the keys. Death, hell, and the grave. That's why he can say, I am the door. Because I got the keys. And if any man comes to me, I won't put him away. Some of you have done some dastardly, terrible, wicked things, and all of us have. And you think, I don't know if God could accept me, or God would accept me. I'm telling you, you're the very reason He died. I'm telling you, when He was on the cross, you were on His mind. You don't have to go to hell, 
because Jesus has already been through hell for you, but you only receive this grace, this mercy, this gift. Oh, it's a gift. It's a gift, ain't it? It's a gift. The woman at the well, full of sin. Can I come on over here by y'all? The woman at the well, she'd been married five times to the man she was married to. Wasn't even her husband, the Bible says. She went out at noontime because she didn't want nobody to see her. She was ashamed of herself. But Jesus said, about an hour before that, Jesus said, I've got to go to Samaria. That ain't even the way to get to where he was going. But he said, I've got to go to Samaria. Why? Because there was a woman nobody cared about there. And at noontime, she went to go get some water, thinking nobody would see her. But Jesus was Jesus propped up by the well and sent his disciples on somewhere and he said to the lady, oh, he knew her. He knew everything she'd done. That's why he was there. He said, would you get me something to drink? She said, why are you talking to me? Don't you know I'm a Samaritan? And you're a Jew, we don't talk to each other. There ain't nobody Jesus won't talk to. See, right now, Jesus is dealing with you. You think, why would God deal with me? Why would God, why, why would God want anything to do with me? I done told you this, but I'll tell you again, for those of you who are slow to catch on, He loves. So the woman says, I can't give you nothing to drink. And then Jesus said to her, I love you. Y'all know I love you. Jesus said to her, if you knew the gift of God that was standing before you right now, who's asking you of water, you would ask me. I will give you water. Hallelujah. You know what I'm talking about. I will give you water that will cause you to never thirst again. Listen, everything in this world will leave you thirsting for more. The high will never be high enough. The alcohol will never be enough. The sex will never be enough. The relationships will never be enough. But Jesus said, if you get some of this water that I got, taste of me and see that I'm good. You will never thirst. Jesus said, I'm a gift. God said, my son is a gift. And he said, listen, he said, the wages of sin is death. That's hell. But the 
gift of God is Jesus. And it's eternal. Now let me say something. Oh, it's the pastor you've been saying a whole lot for an hour now. <laughs> I know. If you're riding the fence, close ain't good enough. If you're a member of a church somewhere or you said some dead prayer that you just said because, well, you just wanted to get that person off your back, but you know you're not saved because your life hasn't changed. See, there ain't no way you can receive Jesus and something drastically not change about your life. I'm not saying you're going to be perfect, okay? I'm not saying that. But there's no way I can read the stories of Jesus looking at the water and it blushing and turning into wine. Or, and there, no, way I can, no way I can read the story of Jesus touching a leper and all of a sudden he ain't got leprosy. There's no way this same Jesus can come into your life and not change you. No way. Musicians and singers come, stay in church. If you have not received Christ in a way, Jason, come here. You say, why are you standing? You trying to show off? No, this morning three people gave their life to Christ. And I felt... I felt the Lord speak to me and said, remember the prodigal, the father of the prodigal? The Bible says, come a little, there you go. He said, the Bible says, he was standing out there, waiting on him. So I thought if you can stand up, I can stand up for just a minute. So, I'm asking you right now don't ride the fence now, religion ain't good don't tell me you've been baptized I ain't asking you have you had an encounter with Jesus that has transformed your life if not if you haven't had a real encounter with Jesus if you haven't placed your faith in Christ and what He has done for you, which is what I talked about on the cross. If you don't accept Him, and if you don't confess Him as Lord today, everything I told you about Him, you'll find out for yourself. Everything I told you, I didn't tell you good enough. It's going to be that, and it's going to be worse. But you don't have to go to hell today. You can receive Jesus Christ. But I'm going to be, I'm going to just tell you up front, I want you to step out in faith. You've been living for the world all your life. You can start out by stepping out and saying, Lord, I believe you. Lord, I trust you. And I'm stepping out in faith. So what will people think about me? If you care about what people think about you, you ain't there yet. 
It don't matter what people think about you. But let me tell you what they will think about you. They'll think you made the best decision of your life. Would you? Would you? Do you know what you would think? You come with tears and cry after you after you confess or you place your faith in Christ. We'll rejoice. But I tell you one thing: nobody will do. They won't make fun of you. They won't look down on you because every one of us had to come this same way. So look at me like we're the me and you and Jesus are the only ones in the room. Do you know? Do you know? Do you know? Without a doubt, Christ is the Lord of your life. Do you know? Because it's guaranteed that you're going to stand before God. Do you know what He's going to say? Because it's guaranteed. Once appointed man to die, then the judgment. You are going to stand before God. What will He say? Will He say, depart from me, you work for iniquity? I wanted to know you, but I never did. Or will He say, well done. Good and faithful servant. How can He say good about me? Because when He sees me, He sees Jesus. Every head bowed and take this serious, please. Because it is. Every eye closed. Father, the Bible says nobody comes to you unless you draw them. So I ask you, as some are already coming now, that's good. Father, draw your people. Draw. I ask this, Father, Holy Spirit, right now, draw in Jesus' name. Amen. Now look up at me right now. If you don't know, you want to know? If you're waiting for somebody to break the ice, the ice is already broken. Hear me now. Don't put it off. You know why? It's important not to put it off. You know why? Because, it's okay, because you may never get this chance again. You don't get saved on your own. The Bible says no man can come to the Father or to the Son unless he is drawn by the Father. Do you feel that drawing? Did you feel it? You felt the drawing? Do you feel the drawing? Don't put it off because you don't know if There'll be another time. See, today, the Bible says, is the day of salvation. You're not promised tomorrow. Yesterday's gone. The best gift God could give you is a today. Now look at what will you do with a today? Because see, what you do today can change, ladies, can change your tomorrows. It could change everything about you. What you do today, sir. What you do today, ma'am. What you do today 
God has given, He could have took you out a long time ago, but He gave you a today. So I'm going to ask you, the Bible says you can come boldly. You don't have to be ashamed. I want you to be a missionary. I want you right now to ask the person to the left of the, or the right of you say, if you need to come to Jesus, you got coming to me. You're coming to Jesus. If you need to come to Jesus, I'll come with you right now. Right now, ask them. Right now, ask them. Don't put it off. Ask them. And if they say yes, grab them by the hand and take them. Ask them right now. There's nothing to be ashamed of. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Please, don't put it off. hope that you're encouraged by today's message. If you were, please feel free to share on social media, subscribe, or leave us a review. We can't wait for you to join us here again.